A tremendous Thursday to each of you, and welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. The Grizzlies' five-game winning streak is now stabbed with the 104-96 loss to the Mavericks. How it was a frustrating night overall for the Grizzlies, but mainly due to another night with struggling offense. Where this shows the Grizzlies stands with their peers in the Southwest Division, as well as a preview of tonight's matchup against the Lakers. All this on this edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Let's go. I got called for a technical foul. How do I get called for a technical foul doing a podcast? You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And that's exactly what you could do with your whistle. Oh, hello. Welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Again, my name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. The show at Locked On Grizz, the podcast wherever it's available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app, wherever you choose to listen to podcasts, that's where we'll obviously be. Free on all platforms. Make sure you listen, review, and subscribe. Of course, you can find us right here on YouTube as well. Hit that subscribe button below. Let's us know you enjoy the show. Let's others be able to find the show. And overall, just makes the experience that much better for everybody involved. My name is Sean Coleman, credential media member with the Grizzlies. Have been covering the Grizzlies now for four years. Your host here at Locked Up Grizzlies. Your Grizzlies every day. And of course, it's a lot of fun covering the Grizzlies when they're playing basketball like they have been. But it's also important to cover the Grizzlies, unfortunately, when they experience a night like they did last night. A 104-96 to loss to the Dallas Mavericks. And let me just be honest, it was a frustrating night. It, it absolutely was. Uh, it, if in the first half, the Grizzlies certainly played very well, as they have done many times this season. You know, the Grizzlies have done a very good job playing good first-half basketball. But in the second half, unfortunately, uh, the shots just would not fall. And, and a lot of it, you know, had to do with some bad luck. But it also just simply had to, you know, deal with the fact that the Grizzlies could not find their rhythm. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. The refs last night were too big of a part of the game. Their whistle was too big of a part of the game for both sides, both the Mavericks and the Grizzlies. Too many whistles, too many technical fouls, you know, too much inconsistency on both the ends. And I'm not someone that complains about the refs. I, I don't, this loss is not on the refs, but I will certainly acknowledge it when it's the case. Last night was just simply not what you want to see in terms of how a game is called. And I do feel, that the fact that the refs were as inconsistent as they were, though the though the whistle obviously was blowing, blowing as frequently as it was, I think they did have an impact on the Grizzlies. It made them frustrated. I think it did impact their ability to get the rhythm that they needed, to be able to continue the rhythm that they showed in the first half offensively into the second half. But that was an aspect of the game that you can't control. Sometimes the refs are going to make calls in your favor Sometimes they're not, but I do certainly want to say I will acknowledge that last night it was it was a pretty frustrating display from the referees. And obviously, you know, the Grizzlies, you know, seven overall technical fouls to both teams, you know, Dylan Brooks getting ejected, you know, the way that you know the refs handled things at the end of the game, you know, for obvious reasons why the Grizzlies were frustrated. It's just not something that you want to see. And you know, Dylan Brooks obviously made his feelings felt in the post-game press conference. And I would think that he was perfectly he had good, valid reason. To make it known. So, you know, in terms of the rest being the reason why the Grizzlies lost the game, they weren't, but they certainly did not help things. And in my opinion, that's certainly not how 
you want to see a game, you know, progress with the whistle being featured that much. What did lose the Grizzlies the game was the simple fact that they just could not get an advantage created on offense anywhere. 29% from three, uh, just over 40% from the paint. I believe the Grizzlies took um, four mid-range shots or four, they took four two-point shots outside the paint all night long. And with you know over 50 shots over the paint, overshot only shot 40% or excuse me, 42% from the paint. A big key, 25 free throws for the Grizzlies above what they usually get. Made only 15 of them. 60% from the free throw line. Something that unfortunately has been consistent for the Grizzlies over the past few weeks, despite the fact that they've been winning basketball games. The Grizzlies offense last night struggled. They could not create an advantage when they needed to. Because let's be honest, when it was announced that Luka Doncic was going to be stepping on the court for the Mavericks last night, I feel that put the game in the Mavericks' favor. The the, the Mavericks were clearly going to have the best player on the court last night in Luka Doncic. And he played like it once again in the fourth quarter. That's become a trend of Luka versus the Grizzlies. Typically within the first three quarters, and I think a lot of it has to do with how well Dylan Brooks does guard Luka Doncic. But through the first three quarters, Luka typically is not himself a lot of times against the Grizzlies. But when that fourth quarter hits, we saw it with the miraculous shot that he made to win the game late last season. When Luka steps on that court in the fourth quarter, he absolutely is the difference maker, and he was last night. And the Grizzlies just could not create an advantage anywhere, or at least they could not keep up the advantage that they created in the first quarter to be able to have a big enough lead or to be able to counter what Luka was doing in the fourth quarter. Now, don't get me wrong. Jaron Jackson Jr. had an outstanding game. DeAnthony Melton had a very underrated, fantastic performance, especially in making sure that the Grizzlies were able to keep the game close when the starters were off the bench. Because I do feel that with the Grizzlies' lack of depth, with Kyle Anderson, Brandon Clark, Isaiah Williams, with those players out, the Grizzlies right now, when it comes to the bench minutes, on a lot of nights are at a disadvantage. DeAnthony Melton made sure that was not the case. So kudos to him for a very good game. But Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks both struggled shooting, though they both contributed, you know, I think with the combined 32 points overall. But the Grizzlies just could not create an advantage anywhere. And that was a frustrating thing to see once again occur without John Morant. That's something that is clearly becoming a trend. Listen, I know without John Morant, the Grizzlies are now 5-1. and one. But when you really look at the performance of the offense, it was outstanding against Sacramento, but you know nobody's going to confuse Sacramento with being a, a, an even an average defense most of the time. They they obviously set the NBA record for points in the game for you know biggest win in NBA history against Oklahoma City. But in the four other games, if you put those four together, the Grizzlies are a bottom ten offense, and arguably over their past three games have been a bottom five offense. That's how much they've struggled. And it's not just because they're not able to find their shots. It's the fact that they are second or they they have the second worst turnover rate over the past three games among teams in the league. And they also are not hitting their free throws. This is now the third game, I believe, that the Grizzlies have had obviously double-digit free throws and have shot under 70% over the past six games. The Grizzlies offense right now, unfortunately, and it may not seem like it because they were playing, they were they were winning games, but the Grizzlies offense right now is struggling. Like they're a bottom five offense 
but they have now been a bottom five offense more often than they have a very good offense without John Morant. And the thing is, is that if their offense, if the Grizzlies' offense cannot find some source of source source of consistency, or if two of the three of Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, and Jaron Jackson Jr. are not clearly among the best offensive players in a half of basketball, then that means the defense has to play like a top five defense for the Grizzlies to really be able to win a ball game. And when you consider the fact that the Grizzlies will play the Lakers tonight, who have been playing a bit better as of late, obviously the Rockets, who have won seven straight on the Saturday night, and against the 76ers, who still are very much a very good team, you're going to have to see the Grizzlies figure out how to find some type of offensive consistency. It's great to see Desmond Bain step up like he has. It's great to see Jaron step up, step up like he did last night. Those are certainly very good things. But the Grizzlies are going to have to find some way to consistently create offensive advantages, whether it's in the paint, whether it's shooting better from three, whether it's points off turnovers with defense turning into offense. They're going to have to get back to finding some type of area and hopefully multiple areas where they can create an offensive advantage to be able to support their defense to win games. That's what clearly stood out last night. At the at the end of the day, the Grizzlies' lack of depth, their injury issues right now, it was going to catch up with them. And also the fact that as the Grizzlies started playing better competition, and obviously a team led by Luka Doncic is that better competition, it was going to be harder for them to keep this winning streak up. And so it caught up with them last night. No big deal. They lost a basketball game. It's frustrating how they did. But the two things that the Grizzlies are going to have to do is they're going to have to put this frustrating experience behind them because obviously it starts tonight against LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the, the Lakers coming to town, but they're also going to have to make sure to do what they can do to find more consistency on offense. But the other takeaway from this is that I think that we now also get a clearer picture of where exactly the Grizzlies stand when it comes to the Southwest Division. And let's be honest, with the Grizzlies now clearly year in and year out wanting to be in that playoff hunt, how they do against the Southwestern Conference is either going to be a big boost or a big obstacle to them accomplishing that goal. But I do feel there are plenty of positives to take away from these past two games against Dallas and where the Grizzlies stand in the Southwest Division. And I'll discuss that in just a moment. But before we get to that, you know, I want to talk with you about Shopify because Shopify is, is a great tool for anyone. It basically is, in case you didn't know, Shopify is a complete commerce platform that lets you start, grow, and manage a business. The subscription-based software allows anyone to set up an online store and sell their products. Shopify store owners can also sell in physical locations using Shopify point-of-sale systems and also the point-of-sale app and accompanying hardware. It gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business businesses. So upstart startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Go to Shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA, all lowercase, for to get a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to Shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA right now. Shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA. I also want to tell you about Stance. Stance was founded in 2009, and Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings you an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in-style and self-expression. Because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. 
Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. That those that, that those who feel good do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use the promo code LOCKOUT at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a less of a life less ordinary with Stance. Thing I can certainly tell you is, is again, while it is much while it is more fun to talk about the Grizzlies after a win versus a loss, we always want to talk about the things that really stand out, the trends that stand out when it comes to the Grizzlies. And yes, we've talked about their inconsistencies this year. Yes, we've talked about their struggles on defense, but also the individual positives of the growth in the games of John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain, the importance of Dylan Brooks once again, obviously. Tyus Jones trending toward a career year after another solid performance last night. But another thing that I think we also were waiting to see is further proof of where exactly this Grizzlies team truly stands among you know, the Western Conference in general, and especially in the Southwest Division. Because so far coming into, you know, sad last Saturday night's game against the Dallas Mavericks, the Grizzlies had only had two games against the Southwest Division. They had had one where they blew out the Houston Rockets, and then, of course, we went to our House of Boars in New Orleans to face the Pelicans and couldn't, you know, against a one-win Pelicans team, couldn't get a win. But the thing about it is this, is that when it comes to the Grizzlies, I certainly think that their past two games against the Mavericks has really shown that the Grizzlies are right there with the Mavericks to be at the top of the Southwest Division right now. I truly do feel that is the case. Now, I want to acknowledge that the standard in the Southwest Division right now is Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. And I put emphasis on Luka Doncic being mentioned first. Because at the end of the day, I feel that you can make an argument all day long. The Grizzlies are a more well-constructed, balanced, deeper roster right now than the Dallas Mavericks are. And that between the two rosters, John Morant clearly is the second best player. And I think you can make an argument that Jaron Jackson Jr. has the potential to be the third best player. But at the end of the day, the Dallas Mavericks have Luka Doncic, who not only is the best player between these two rosters, but also is arguably, in my opinion, is the top player under 25 in the league, and arguably year in and year out is a top five player in the entire NBA right now. Having that typically is going to make an NBA team better than most other teams, and I do feel that's why Dallas could potentially still have a higher ceiling as time goes on than the Grizzlies, because they have a top five player in Luka Doncic. But the other key thing is, is that while Dallas's ceiling is theoretically higher because they have the best player among the two rosters who also happens to have the potential of being a top five player for any given stretch of time in the NBA, is that I feel with Dallas, while they may have a higher ceiling, they also have a lower floor. Because if Luka in any way, shape, or form is limited, or Luka misses, or whatever have you, then the flaws of the Dallas Mavericks certainly come to light. We saw that on Saturday night with the fact that the Grizzlies played a, a pretty awful game, but still were able to find a way to win because Dallas could not take advantage of it. Without Kristaps Porzingis and Luka Doncic, Dallas probably is a lottery-level team. And that's nothing against them. It's just the absolute truth. When you take away the, your two best players, I'm sure many teams are going to look like a lottery-level team. But the point that I'm trying to make is, is that while Dallas may theoretically have a higher ceiling, with Luka involved, and I think that that's a very logical statement that in no way should insult the Grizzlies, I also feel that they have a lower floor. And the reason why is because, again, the Grizzlies have a more well-constructed, balanced, and deeper roster. 
But besides me thinking that Dallas may have a higher ceiling because Luka is on their team, I also feel that there are some factors that could make Memphis actually have a brighter future, even if the Mavericks theoretically keep that truth about them, that theoretically they could have the higher ceiling if Luka is healthy. I do think that the Grizzlies can continue to stay at their level because the Grizzlies have other things going for them that Dallas simply doesn't, that is going to play into the Grizzlies' favor over the next few years. For one, the Grizzlies have assets, which Dallas does not. The Grizzlies are going to have a much more logical, many more avenues. They're going to have a much easier way of creating the opportunity to get assets to make this team better, to make this young core better over time, than Dallas will. Due to cap flexibility, due to draft picks, due to a creative front office that is in synchronization with the coaching staff and the roster. You obviously see that that's not the case, or at least it was not the case this summer, though Dallas is hoping this new regime that's in place certainly will work out. You certainly know that Dallas's front office is nowhere near as in harmony or, or is in you know unity as the Grizzlies setup is because of all the turmoil that Dallas went through this offseason. And the other thing about it is this, is that the Grizzlies also have shown a key ability to not only draft good talents, but also develop them. And it's not just developing these talents into what people expected for them to be. It's the ability to have, in a quick time frame, not only help these young talents reach the level many expected for them to be, though it's been faster than many expected. But think about it. In the case of Desmond Bain, in the case of Dylan Brooks, in the case of DeAnthony Melton, the Grizzlies are helping these players be more than many thought they would be. And it certainly made the difference. And you're seeing that difference with the fact that the Grizzlies can still remain successful without clearly their best player in John Morant. And finally, the thing that also stands out to me is that you have a balance with the Grizzlies when it comes to their defensive potential that you don't have right now with Dallas. And without assets and without calf flexibility, Dallas can only hope that something clicks with what they currently have on their roster and eventually they can work it out on defense. And at times they can. They did it last night. But for the Grizzlies, they legitimately have good levels of defensive talent. Again, as I mentioned, when Dylan Brooks and Jaron Jackson Jr. are on the court, the Grizzlies can play among the best half-court defenses in the league. Forgive me. Evidently, my hoodie is <laughs> making me itch a little bit. But just like I mentioned right now, the Grizzlies have that itch. They have that consistent desire to play defense because they know they have the, have the capability of playing defense at a high level. And that's something that even the coach of the Mavericks admitted they don't have the ability to do. Though, you know, take that for what it's worth. So the fact that the Grizzlies have more at their disposal when it comes to assets and cap flexibility the fact that the Grizzlies have, you know, the unity and the harmony of from the front office to the coaching staff to the roster of being able to draft and develop and help players become more than many expected for them to. And the fact that just straightforward, the Grizzlies have good defensive potential in their young core that's only developing as time goes on. I feel those factors certainly can allow for the Grizzlies to stay on pace with the Dallas Mavericks over the next few years. Again, Dallas may have the higher ceiling with Luka. I don't think that that's a far-fetched far, you know, thing to say at all. 
But the Grizzlies, not only are, are there with them right now, I think the Grizzlies certainly could win the division this year. Not only are the Grizzlies right there with the Dallas Mavericks right now, but you obviously see the Grizzlies have significantly more potential to be able to get better as time goes on than the Mavericks do. So yes, the Mavericks are still the standard in the Southwest Division because they have Luka Doncic. But when you're looking at the West of the Southwestern Division, when you're looking at the Rockets, who you know certainly are on the up and coming, you know they're still a few years away probably from being truly in the playoff conversation. I'm not necessarily concerned about the Pelicans and the Spurs. Both of them have a long way to go, especially if Zion is not going to be what many thought he would be. Right now, the Southwest Division is coming down to two teams, the Mavericks and the Grizzlies. The Mavericks have Luka Doncic, and for that reason, they should still be considered the favorite. They should still be considered the standard in the division, especially with the fact how the last two years have gone. But you also can say with confidence that the Grizzlies clearly are right there with them right now with how the last two games have gone, even without a few of the Grizzlies, you know, main rotation guys, and obviously the best player in John Moran. And the fact that the Grizzlies have a more balanced, deeper roster, and I think a front office, obviously, that can do a lot, that has shown it can do a lot more than what we've seen the Mavericks be able to do, and that the Grizzlies front office has a lot more at their disposal to be able to get stuff done than the Mavericks do. I certainly think that the outlook for the Grizzlies is right there with the Mavericks, especially over the next two years. So yes, losses like this are going to happen. But when you stack up the two futures of these teams in the near term, I think the Grizzlies are right there with Dallas. And while Dallas certainly has Luka, Memphis arguably has everything else in its favor. And I think in a lot of ways, when you have the more complete team, that can put you in a more favorable position more times than not than many might consider be a reality. So I think that the Grizzlies really have to be encouraged about how the past two games against Dallas have gone. And I truly do think that this is going to be a fight to the end where the Grizzlies have a legitimate shot, obviously, to not only win the division, but throwing that, finding themselves in a really favorable spot when it comes to the playoffs. But another team that unexpectedly is becoming a clear, you know, rival for playoff spots this year for the Memphis Grizzlies is the Los Angeles Lakers. And in more ways than one, the Grizzlies are monitoring the success for the Lakers quite closely. Well, you can't get much closer than facing the Lakers tonight at the FedEx Forum. LeBron James and Anthony Davis are back in the FedEx Forum. We'll talk about how the Grizzlies can get it done in just a moment. But before this, if you want to get something done about seeing those pesky free trials that turn into money out of your pocket because business scams basically are making those free trials turn into easy way to make money, you need to turn to Truebill. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your applications. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need one or simply forget about. On average, people save about $720 a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts in Truebill and it will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped them save over $100 million. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It can save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. On tomorrow's edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, we'll review the game tonight against the Lakers. Talk about, obviously, what is going to be an incredible weekend for the Memphis Grizzlies as they retire the jersey of Zach Randolph. Also, a little bit of a inside, a bit of review on 50 for the city 
Zach Randolph's tribute. You can find it on YouTube now. I've watched it and obviously will offer my review tomorrow. Just how special, obviously, he's been to Memphis and how awesome it is that Memphis is certainly honoring him with this distinction. Plus, looking at a game preview that's going to be a much closer game than many may have thought with the Houston Rockets in town and how well they're playing. All that on tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. So the Los Angeles Lakers are coming back to the FedEx Forum. And if you recall last year, the Los Angeles Lakers came to the FedEx Forum a few days after the start of the new year. It was Mark Gasol, I believe it was Mark Gasol. Yes, it was Mark Gasol's return to Memphis for the first time since he had been traded away from the Grizzlies the year previously to the Toronto Raptors, or two years previously to the Toronto Raptors. And the Grizzlies, in terms of their ability to play with the Lakers, they actually did very well. They played with the Lakers for seven out of the eight quarters that they played them. And they did it again earlier this year in the third game of the season against Los Angeles. And in that game, it wasn't LeBron. It wasn't Anthony Davis. You know, it wasn't anybody else. It was Carmelo Anthony not being able to be stopped. Six threes, 28 points that made the difference despite John Morant having arguably his best performance of the year. 40 points from him that night. Well, the Lakers are coming to town, and they certainly have been a clear disappointment this year. It's yes, dealt with injuries. Yes, yeah, dealt with adjustments, what may have you. But they're starting to find their form a bit. And of course, you know, it's good to have you know, some of the best players on the planet healthy. But the Grizzlies are monitoring the Lakers closely, right? The Grizzlies have every reason to monitor the Lakers this year, not only because, surprisingly, they've become a team that's going to be right there with the Grizzlies, probably close to the Grizzlies, in terms of playoff positioning, but also because, obviously, the, Gri the Grizzlies own the Lakers' 2021 first-round pick that they acquired from New Orleans in the Jonas Valanciunas trade. So, yeah, we want the Lakers to suck. We want the Lakers to certainly play far lower than their the expectations were for them to begin the season. But we don't want them to play too bad to where their pick winds up in the top 10 and it goes to New Orleans. I don't think we're going to have to worry about that. But the Grizzlies right now, they're not worried about draft picks. They're worried about getting as many wins as possible against other teams that are right there with them in the thicket of trying to iron out this Western Conference playoff race where besides the top three seeds and the bottom four seeds, you basically have eight teams from four to 11 that likely are going to remain within a few games of each other well into the new year. So every win the Grizzlies can get against teams in that group of eight. It's important. That's why it was important for the Grizzlies to get that win the other night against the Sacramento Kings. That's why it was important for them to get the win. Um, the pre, you know, later on, or that's why it was important for the Grizzlies to get the win the Sunday after Jaws injury against the Kings and why it was important for them to get the win this past Saturday night against the Mavericks. Doing that makes it to where last night's loss is not necessarily that bad of a thing. But you got to back it up now and hope that you can win tonight. And let's be honest, it's going to be a tough task. Just like it was last night, where the Mavericks clearly had the best player on the court at all times in Luka Doncic. I think you can make a fair argument that if both Anthony Davis and, and LeBron James can play, and it's trending like they will, I think you can honestly say the Lakers are going to have the two best players on the court. That's what goes along with having Hall of Fame all-time talents like Anthony Davis and LeBron James on the same team. But the Lakers certainly are a defense right now. If you look at the defense of the Lakers, 
versus the defense of the Grizzlies, I think you could honestly say the Grizzlies are playing better defense. So that's something that's in their favors. But if the Grizzlies are going to be behind the eight ball, the Grizzlies are clearly going to be the less talented roster on the court tomorrow night. The way they make up for it is creating advantages on the margins. And those areas of advantages are things that can play to the Grizzlies' strengths. For one, the Lakers are 28th in the NBA this year in terms of turnovers committed per game. If the Grizzlies can get out, be opportunistic, create turnovers, that's how they did well against the Lakers in L.A. earlier this year. If the Grizzlies can once again do that, turn defense into offense, that could allow for them to start a way to get the edge in the possession battle. The other way is, is that the is that despite the Lakers being an okay rebounding team, they're susceptible to offensive rebounds. And the Grizzlies arguably have the best offensive rebounder in the league in Steven Adams. If he can get five or more offensive rebounds and it can lead to easy points for the Grizzlies, that's how they can get the possession edge. But the other big, big area, and in my opinion, this is where the Grizzlies not being able to hit free throws was a big reason why they were not able to tie the game against the Lakers for a chance to win it back in the third game of the season in L.A., that again is going to be a critical component to this game because the Lakers allowed the second most opponents' free throws per game in the NBA. The Grizzlies are going to have to take advantage of, if they are fouled, of making their free throws. Memphis is not going to find a lot of success if they continue to hit between 60 and 70% of their free throws. They're not, they're just not good enough. They're just not consistent enough offensively for them to be able to also have to overcome all the good looks that they get from the charity strike. Memphis has got to hit its free throws tomorrow night or tonight to be able to have a chance to win this game. And they've also got to be able to create, you know, a possession edge in terms of having more overall shot attempts than the Lakers through offensive rebounds, through creating turnovers, through the fast break. All those things are possible tomorrow night. But if it once again comes down to hitting free throws, that is an area where the Grizzlies have absolutely struggled over the past few weeks. They've got to be able to figure it out in order to be able to beat teams that either have more talent than them or perhaps are playing even better than them. And the Grizzlies are going to consistently run into those type of opponents, especially without John Moran, throughout the month of December. So being opportunistic, creating turnovers and letting defense turn into offense, getting offensive rebounds, and hitting free throws are all ways that on the margins, the Grizzlies can create advantages to find a way to win tomorrow tonight. It's going to be a tough task. It truly is with the depth that the Grizzlies are missing and the fact that they're missing John Morant. But if they can find some stretches of offensive consistency and can also create advantages on the margins, I think the Grizzlies can find a way to win. I'll be surprised. I think the Lakers are rightfully favored, and I would anticipate that there's a good chance the Lakers do win, especially if Anthony Davis or LeBron James play to their capabilities. But if the Grizzlies can find advantages in small yet significant aspects of the game and hit their freaking free throws, they can at least be in the game to where at the end they can find some way to win it. And I truly feel confident in saying that. No, I do. I, I truly do feel confident in saying that the Grizzlies are going to be able to win against the Lakers tonight. You can keep blowing the whistle all you want to. I truly feel that's the case. 
It's simply going to have to take the Grizzlies playing better basketball than they have over the past three games and making the most of the opportunity of creating advantages by utilizing the strengths of their roster. It's going to be fun to see, always fun to see when LeBron comes to Memphis, when Anthony Davis comes to Memphis. And if the Grizzlies can figure out some way to get the victory tonight, it obviously will put this frustrating loss against the Mavs in the rearview mirror and the, give the Grizzlies every reason to look forward to Zach Randolph Jersey retirement night this weekend. Can't thank you enough for listening to Locked on Grizzlies. You can find me at StatsSAC, the show on Twitter at Locked on Grizz, right here on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button below. My name's Sean Coleman. It's a pleasure to be with you as always. Hope you have a great night and we'll talk to you again soon, hopefully without any more whistles, here soon on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Have a great night.